is PBF Podcast number 61. PBF Public Radio, Radio Free America. Why Radio Free America? Because the left does not believe in freedom, and they're doing everything they can to encroach upon our freedom. I think, I had dinner with a friend of mine, an old friend, last night, and he wasn't even aware of, what was it, uh, Merriam-Webster? what they did to the dictionary, and I don't know how many of you are aware of this. I think I've alluded to this and some other things. But, (laughs) did you know that because ACB, in her appearance in front of the illustrious Senate Judiciary last week, they lashed out at her. Why? When she was questioned about the, how do you want to say it? The, (laughs) I want to use this word here in this, the sexual attraction of individuals. Maybe that's what she should have said, because she said sexual preference. So, she decided to use sexual preference in response to a question by the big-brained, smooth-brained Hawaiian senator. And she was chastised there. The chastising then moved to our blue check marks on... Twitterati, who condemned her for that. But essentially by the next day, they changed their definition. (laughs) How did they change their definition? So I went to the Wayback Machine just to look at this. In the Wayback Machine is a great thing. And this is also one of those things. It's people archive information on the internet. It's a good way to catch just the... If, as long as it's been archived, right? So, prior to her testimony, preference on... There's, you know, the act of preferring, one that is preferred, the act factor principle of giving advantages to some over others, priority and the right to demand and receive satisfaction of an obligation... Number five, orientation, sense, to be, sexual preference. That is what the dictionary Merriam-Webster had online after ACB testified, after the Democrats, and after the leftist Twitter, and after all of the media responded to this, even though you can go back and you can look at people across the board from the left using this, you can, they changed number five. So where it just said orientation, sexual preference, because a senator who is not very smart said offensive, this is offensive, 
they changed their dictionary number five to include this. Seriously, this is George Orwell. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Yes. <laughs> and this is what they do across the board. Because the politics are their religion. They are attempting to create utopia on Earth. But what do they do? They create a dystopian hell. So to further this point, I've got a piece from PJ Media. America is drowning in the lies of the left, written by Dennis Prager. There are conservatives who lie and there are liberals who lie, but both conservatism and liberalism both hold to a supreme value. This is not true for leftism. Truth is simply not a left-wing value. Lying is to the left what breathing is to biological life. That is why the father of modern leftism, Vladimir Lenin, named the Soviet communist newspaper Pravda, Pravda, the Russian word for truth. Truth is what a leftist says it is. It is not an objective reality. The left has always relied on lies to gain and retain power. This is as true today in the United States as it was in the Soviet Union. Here are examples of lies Americans are told they must hold lest they be removed from social media, shamed, ostracized, and even fired from their jobs. In no order, or order of importance, men menstruate. ACLU tweet, November 19th, 2019. Men who get their periods are men. Men who get pregnant and give birth are men. If this is not a lie, the word has no meaning. It is fair when males who identify as female compete in girls' and women's sports. In Connecticut, two biological men who are trans women have combined to win 15 girls' state indoor outdoor championship races since 2017. According to the Wall Street Journal, 19 state athletic conferences now allow athletes to compete solely based on their expressed gender identity. No one with a passing acquaintance with truth would say this is fair. To be colorblind is racist. The left-wing assertion is that the opposite of basic liberal ideal to end racism, to have everyone colorblind, meaning we are all to view and judge people solely as individuals irrespective of race, colorblind is racist. It is not just a lie. It is an Orwellian lie but it is actually normative of the left. See, for example, colorblindness is counterproductive. The Atlantic, the good old Atlantic, right? September 13th, 2015, or the book Colorblind Racism by Megan Burke, Associate Professor of Sociology at Illinois Wesleyan University. The Trump 2016 campaign colluded with Russia to win the election. The lie has permeated the American media for more than three years. There was never any truth to it. 
but those on the left, the Democratic Party, and the mainstream media found it very useful to claim, and they are doing so again in the 2020 campaign, like Hunter's emails, Russian disinformation. President Donald Trump said there, was, there were very fine Nazis. This is the Charlottesville lie. First, the media spread it, and now Joe Biden has run with it, claiming repeatedly that this was the reason he decided to run for president. Of course, what Joe Biden said is a lie. He has wanted to run for president all his life. At Trump's press conference on August 15, 2017, right after the Charlottesville march and demonstrations, Trump made it clear he wasn't referring to the neo-Nazis when he said that there were very fine people on both sides. He told the press, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. He was referring to the two sides of the protest over statues. See the video, Charlottesville Lie, by former CNN reporter Steve Cortez. Donald Trump is a dictator. The lie has been told since before Trump was elected. It is repeated by virtually every left-wing commentator and politician. See, for example, 10 Ways Trump is Becoming a Dictator, Election Edition by Harvard professor Stephen M. Walt, Foreign Policy, which we've talked about, Foreign Policy, September 8, 2020. 2020, not 2020th. Donald Trump Wants to be Dictator by Guardian columnist Jonathan Friedland. The Guardian, The Guardian, July 5th, 2019. It is a lie. In fact, no conservative American politician is likely dictator because one of the fundamental goals of American conservatism is to shrink the power of government. But they have to tell you that they like Nazis because then if they like Nazis, then they are Nazis. And if they're Nazis, then they're dictators, right? A dictatorship in America is far more likely to come from the left, which seeks to massively increase government power. For example, as reported in Political on August 21st, 2020, Biden has already pledged, I will shut it down, referring to the American economy and Americans' freedom of movement to combat the COVID-19 virus. And to further that, the unemployment rate is over 10% in the blue states. It is something like 6% in the red states due to the shutdowns which were initiated, which people like Whitmer in Michigan refused to lift. Although she did allude when she was on NBC News on Sunday, if you vote for Biden, a vote for Biden is a vote for an opening of the economy. Gosh. America is a racist society. This is the national eye Oops. He just goes into some of the history comparing it to medieval blood libel where Christians accused Jews of slaughtering Christian children to use their blood to bake matzo for Passover. Uh, Ferguson was an example of racist police brutality. You know, that's the Ferguson lie that... Um, started a lot of the Black Lives Movement, which is used... To influence people say proves racism. Even Barack Obama said this. The grand jury, which included black jurors, declined to attack the white police officer who shot and killed Michael Brown. Why? Because Michael Brown, a black man, 
attacked the officer, sought to steal his gun, and was in the process of a second attack when he was killed. The claim that Brown said, hands up, don't shoot, was a left-wing lie. Brown never said that. Larry Elder has put out videos on this. The Obama Justice Department did an investigation to this and also confirmed this, but you will still see people out there spreading this lie. It's, it's a left-wing meme. Yes, the left doesn't know how to make memes like you see on the internet, but their memes are lies that they spread through the media, through Hollywood, through the education system. America was founded in 1619, not 1776. This is the infamous New York Times lie for which the Times was awarded a Pulitzer Prize. This is the same prize awarded to the same newspaper in 1932 for its horrific lie that there was no famine in the Ukraine when in fact Joseph Stalin was deliberately starving about 5 million Ukrainians to death. Leading liberal scholars of American history have condemned the Times rewriting of American history that the American Revolution was fought in order to preserve slavery as a lie. And the New York Times got a Pulitzer Prize for that. They get a lot of lies that get turned into uh, Pulitzer Prizes. Nice racket. All right, DNI Ratcliffe came out yesterday. He said Hunter Biden's laptop is not part of a Russian disinformation campaign. He was interviewed because Democrat House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff claimed it was. Ratcliffe stated the intelligence community does not believe Schiff's claim because there is no intelligence to support that. He also said the laptop is in the jurisdiction of the FBI and the intelligence community has not been involved in that matter. Remember the emails detail Hunter's ties to the Ukrainian oligarchs and Chinese officials. Other places as well, like Kazakhstan. They were just hanging out with Borat, apparently. So, Ratcliffe said this. We've, in the past few episodes, been covering what has occurred. But guess what? Guess what? James Clapper and John Brennan, <laughs> people who have lied to Congress, people who have lied repeatedly, they have come out and said Hunter Biden's emails are Russian disinformation, whether genuine or not. So, they say this. More than 50 former intelligence officials led by Obama-era Director of National Intelligence James Clapper have signed an open letter alleging the newly released Hunter Biden emails are Russian disinformation, even if they're real. Yes, James Clapper, who pushed the conspiracy theory that there had been collusion between Donald Trump's presidential campaign and the Russian government, has, was joined by others, including former CIA director John Brennan, who also promoted the Russian hoax. How? Because they went on television. They became paid 
liars. <laughs> However, earlier this month, declassified documents suggested that Brennan had briefed then-President Barack Obama on a plan by Hillary Clinton campaign to accuse Trump of close ties with Russia in order to distract from her own scandals. Politico broke the news of the letter Monday evening, giving it great importance. More than four, 50 former senior intelligence officials have signed on to a letter outlining their belief that the recent disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Joe Biden's son has all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. Or, excuse me, Russian information operation. And just remember, too, these intelligence officials get up in the morning, they read the Washington Post, which spreads lies. Democracy dies in darkness. You know, Washington Post, New York Times, 2018, Pulitzer Prize on the Russia influence in our election. And <laughs> they never gave the Pulitzer Prize back. This was Intel community lies. What did, what did uh, good old Chucky Schumer say? The intelligence community has eight ways from Sunday going after you. They told Trump, and they did it, and they'd been doing it. They did it before he was elected. However, the intelligence officials seem to show no concern for the possibility that the emails show that Joe Biden could be compromised by foreign powers. The same concern that ostensibly launched the investigation into Trump's campaign. So they're going to paint Rudy Giuliani. So what, remember, April 2019th, Hunter Biden, appearing to be inebriated, brought in three laptops with liquid damage on them to a repair shop in Delaware. He signed the document. After 90 days, Hunter Biden did not claim this. This became property of the repair shop. The repair shop saw that Trump was being accused of quid pro quo quid pro quo with Ukraine. So he tried to approach the FBI with this information. The FBI declined to take them at that point. At, in Albuquerque, the FBI person at the office would not give his name. Eventually, a subpoena came. The FBI did take the laptop, but yet this was December 2019, and this information was not presented to our House of Representatives as they were going after Trump for asking Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, to investigate Hunter So this has existed for quite some time until eventually the repair shop in Delaware approached Rudy Giuliani and got the information to him. And Cooney, who is a person serving time in prison, has turned over his emails to Peter Schweitzer. But they have lied to everyone for four years they have created a CIA 
intelligence community operation against our country. What has been done in other countries, and as Nat G and I talked about, was that episode 50, 58? Um, the Color Revolution. Everything that our intelligence community has done across the world, they're doing in our country now because Orange Man Bad. Here's a little piece from Caitlin Johnstone. The emails are Russian will be the narrative regardless of facts or evidence to go along with what we just said. Fight it all you want, but there's nothing you can do. The emails are Russian is going to be the official dominant narrative in mainstream political discourse, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Resistance is futile. Like the Russian hacking narrative, the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, the Russian bounties in Afghanistan narrative, and any other evidence-free framing of events that simultaneously advances pre-planned Cold War agendas, because that's what they're doing. These people were trained to fight Russia when it was the Soviet Union, because you even had James Clapper when he went on CNN and said that this was a Soviet tactic. What we're seeing is Soviet disinformation. They They're not very original in their thoughts, but they're very conniving in their political way of maneuvering. Any other evidence-free framing of events that simultaneously advances pre-planned Cold War's agendas is politically convenient for the Democratic Party and generates clicks and ratings. The narrative that the New York Post publication of Hunter Biden's emails is a Russian operation is going to be hammered and hammered and hammered until it becomes the mainstream consensus. This will happen regardless of facts and evidence, up and up to and including rock-solid evidence that Hunter Biden's emails were not published as a result of a Russian operation. Um, this, to me, is just the classic textbook Soviet-Russian tradecraft at work. Russiagate founder and former director of national intelligence, James Clapper is heard assuring CNN's audience, Joe Biden and all of us should be furious that media outlets are spreading what is very likely Russian propaganda. Begins an eight-part eight thread by Democrat Senator Chris Murphy, who claims the emails are Kremlin-constructed anti-Biden propaganda. It just goes on and on. And <laughs> it's hilarious. Let's let us let us get some other reactions because we've got left lefty uh, intercepts Glenn Green Greenwald saying the Dem hacks and many of their media allies genuinely believe it's immoral to report or even discuss stories that reflect poorly on Biden. In reality, it's the responsibility of journalists to ignore their vapid whining and ask about newsworthy stories, even about Biden. Michael Tracy tweeted, 
you don't have to think Hunter Biden materials constitute some kind of earth-shattering story to be absolutely repulsed by the authoritarian propaganda offensive being waged to discredit them, primarily by journalists who behave like compliant little trained robots. And Stephen L. Miller wrote in The Spectator, um, he's describing how the consensus formed among the mainstream press since Clinton's 2016 loss that it is their moral duty to be uncritical of Trump's opponent. For almost four years, journalists have shamed their colleagues and themselves over what I will call but her emails dilemma. Those who reported dutifully on the ill-timed federal investigation into Hillary Clinton's private email server and spillage of classified information have been cast out and shunted away from the journalist cool kids table, focusing so much on what was at the time a considerable scandal has been written off by many in the media as a blunder. They believe their friends and colleagues helped put Trump in the White House by focusing on a nothing burger of a Clinton scandal when they should have been highlighting Trump's foibles in an error no journalist wants to repeat. So the emails are Russian narrative, serves the interest of political convenience, partisan media ratings, and the national security state's pre-planned agenda to continue escalating against Russia as part of its slow-motion third world war against nations who refuse to bow to U.S. dictates. And you've got essentially no critical mainstream news coverage putting the brakes on any of it. This means the narrative is going to become mainstream orthodoxy and treated as established fact, despite the fact that there are no actual tangible evidence for it. Joe Biden will stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue, or could stand in the middle and shoot somebody, and the mainstream press will crucify any journalist who so much as tweets about it. Very little journalism is going into vetting and challenging him and a great deal of energy that would normally be doing so is going into ensuring he slides into the White House. If the mainstream news really existed to tell you the truth about what's going on, everyone would know about every questionable decision that Joe Biden has ever made. Russiagate would never have happened, and we'd all be acutely aware of the fact that powerful forces are pushing us into increasingly aggressive confrontation with two nuclear-armed nations. And Trump would be grilled about Yemen in every press conference. But the mainstream news does not exist to tell you about the world. The mainstream news exists to advance the interest of its wealthy owners in the status quo upon which they have built their kingdoms. That's why it's so very, very important that we find ways to break away from it and share information with each other that isn't tainted by corrupt and powerful interest. Again, the mainstream news exists to advance the interest of its wealthy owners and the status quo upon which they have built their kingdoms. This is Romeo One Oscar, out.